1: Welcome to another episode of Cannabis Health Radio. I'm Ian Jessup. And I'm Corey Ellen. Today we're talking to a woman in Florida who has a number of health issues and who has used medical cannabis to help her. Joining us is Christine Cloutier. Christine, is that how you pronounce your last name?
0: Yes, uh, Cloutier down here in the U.S.
1: (laughs) Okay, Cloutier. Okay, great. Christine, tell us your story. what uh, What sort of health issues do you have?
0: Well, when it started out, I was twenty, and I had a lot of back problems. They couldn't figure out what was causing so much pain. They wouldn't give me anything for the pain. Uh, they put me on anti inflammatories, and that was it. And throughout my twenties, it was just a battle every day. I worked in a woolen mill. And trying to support myself was extremely difficult. My 30s, they found out a little bit more. I had a few more MRIs, the bulging disc. They were hitting the nerve root. It hadn't herniated yet, so they wouldn't do anything about it. And it was just after I turned 40 that it finally blew on me, and it was pretty dramatic, And I got hauled off in the ambulance and had my first back operation.
1: (laughs) Boy, the pain must have been incredible because I had a partially herniated disc a number of years ago. And it was excruciating. And that was only a partially herniated disc.
0: Yeah, it kind of surprised me. The doctors tend to kind of downplay things. And he came right out and told me point blank that it was pretty dramatic. And what made it even worse is I lived in a mobile home at the time that it happened, and they couldn't get the stretcher in to come get me. I had to walk out. They, um, they put, me, put the IV in my hand, and they had to give me two doses of medication, and they helped me walk out. But, yeah, I, I went out on my own two feet.
1: So, this was discovered when you were 20 years old, but as time progressed, it got uh, steadily worse. Do I have that right?
0: Correct. Yeah, I have degenerative disc disease, and I have arthritis of the spine. Um, It's called ankylosing spondylitis.
2: Mm, Okay, we're familiar with that. Mm -hmm.
0: It just... (laughs) It takes on a life of its own as time goes on, and... You know, I spent 20 years basically feeling like the doctors were giving me a pat on the head and a pat on the back and shushing me out the door. I went through a lot of depression because I didn't feel like anybody believed me. And then when the disc finally herniated, I almost felt relieved because it's like, okay, now you have to take me seriously.
1: Did the operation on your back help at all?
0: It did until my body about 18 months later decided to, um, when it was going through its final stages of healing, I ended up with a ton of scar tissue. And it was at the, the very base of my spine, the last disc, uh, L5S1. And it um, it ended up herniating the same disc again. And the doctors had a heck of a time getting to the disc, because I had to get through all the scar tissue first, he ended up nicking the spinal sac, the spinal fluid, and he told me when I woke up after the second operation that I was going to have a spinal headache. Well, that is really an awful thing to have. (laughs) And But I told him that, unfortunately, it was a cakewalk compared to the headaches that I was getting because of my neck. And I hadn't told anybody about the problems with my neck because I was still dealing with the problems with my lower back. Okay. And, oh, the doctor looked at me pretty funny because I told him that a spinal headache was a cakewalk. (laughs) It, um, It was something else. And I started going through physical therapy for my lower back and physical therapy for my neck, and we actually got the headaches under control for a little while. But the degeneration in my neck now has just, it's gotten even worse now. It's been a few more years, and I could possibly be looking at another operation. I don't know.
1: So you had two lower back surgeries, and you also have an issue with your neck.
0: Yes, I have two more bulging discs in my neck.
1: Two more bulging discs in your neck. Oh, you haven't been dealt a, uh, a great hand, have you?
0: Oh, and that's just a drop in the bucket.
2: <laughs> oh, there's more, is there? <laughs> so this oh, is yeah. a smorgasbord here.
0: Oh, yes, yes. We we have a veritable smorgasbord to deal with, that's for sure. So what else have you got going on? Well, throughout my 20s and 30s, I tried to work as much as I could I had a lot of problems with my legs and my feet when I was waitressing. Then in my 40s, it was just before my my disc blew up the first time, my husband and I had just opened a restaurant. I've always been around the restaurant business. My mom's had like three of them, and we just got the place open, and within like four months, I was flat on my back. Right after that, we uh, within 10 months, we had to close down. Within probably six months of that, I found out about the breast cancer the first time. I had two lumpectomies, and they didn't get all of it the first time, so they had to go back in and take a little bit more, and they got it all the second time, and that was um, DCIS I went through my next mammogram a year later, and it was fine and then a year later, I had another uh mammogram and they found more cancer. it was far more aggressive, and I had a double mastectomy
2: wow how how old were you then?
0: I was forty four
2: Wow. So you
1: have two back surgeries. You have uh, disc issues in your neck, and you had double mastectomy. And what was the DCIS that you mentioned?
0: It's ductal carcinoma in situ. I think it's called. It's it's a it's the type of cancer that I had the first time. I was actually told if you've got to get cancer, this is the kind you want to get because it's very, very low on the totem pole as far as risk goes. They can go in and get it, and it's the very beginning stages. So I was lucky that first time with the lumpectomies, but the second time they said it was like the DCIS, but it was far more invasive, and they didn't want to mess around with it. They wanted to go right to... um, Mastectomy, and I was fine with that. Christine. I did have the reconstruction afterwards, though.
1: Christine, with all the health issues you've had, how did this impact you psychologically?
0: I was. Oh my gosh. Thank God my grandmother was a tough old bird. She. (laughs) She. She really, she fought cancer twice, and I just have a an attitude, I was just, no, it's not, it doesn't have me, I have it, I am going to get rid of it, <laughs> and it's that's all there is to it. I just rebuked it, I'm not going to let this take over my head, and I've had a adamant stubborn fighters attitude about it but it it does you know in your quiet moments alone you you get this because of everything all together it it was like okay what's next (laughs) you know
1: yeah i imagine it can wear you down psychologically uh in in those quiet moments as you mentioned when you're alone you think my god what's going to happen next
0: well, they the doctors had wanted me to go on an antidepressant for years, and I refused to because, you know, they said, well, you're depressed because you're in pain because you're depressed. I said, no, I'm depressed because I'm in pain. You do something about the pain, and then I won't be depressed. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. So. You know, it, it, it's don't don't put a bandaid over a volcano. I, I just you take care of the problem first, and then the side effects go away.
1: Tell me about your journey towards medical cannabis.
0: When I had the breast cancer the first time, a friend because I lived right on the Maine New Hampshire border. A friend of mine that I had gone to high school with in Maine had his own medical marijuana dispensary. And we were talking on Facebook, and he was like, Hey, you know, you got to get your card. And I ended up not getting my card right away. I had to move to Maine. (laughs) So I gave up the house that we had put $42,000 in. And we went and we lived with some friends in Maine so that I could get my Maine ID and get my medical marijuana card. I went to Integrate Health up in Falmouth, Maine, and brought my big old stack of medical records with me. And they were like, oh, yeah, you qualify. (laughs) So after that, I was able to go see my friend Pete, and he has um, him and his son run a business They own Green Gold. Um, It's Uncle Pete's Relief and the Tranch Ranch. And they help cancer patients. They can each take care of five people. They take one of those patient slots and they give free cannabis for one year to a cancer patient. By the time I ended up getting the cancer the second time, I was able to go on the medical marijuana, and we kicked its butt again. So, were you doing uh, cannabis oil at that point then? No, I was getting the bud and making my own butter. Okay, and so that's what you. I can't smoke it at all. It it uh,
2: doesn't go well with me. (laughs) Ah, okay. That was what you used, though, to. Uh, kick uh, the cancer the second time around? Yes. Great.
0: They wanted me to have radiation, and I wouldn't do it. The, the cancer was right over my heart on the left side of my chest, and I said no. You know, the, they're telling me that they can regulate the, the beam better, they can narrow it, they can can control the depth, and I just said, no, I'm not going to have a heart problem a couple years down the road, because the radiation can harden the the muscle tissue.
2: Good for you. Yeah, good for you for standing your ground there.
0: Were you on a lot of painkillers? Unfortunately, yes. And And every morning, I tell my husband, I've got to take my Skittles. (laughs) (laughs)
2: <laughs> <laughs> so once you started uh, cannabis back in the day um, were you able to get rid of um, some of those painkillers
0: <clears throat> yes there was five different medications that I was able to stop taking and it was actually nine doses a day
2: wow now were these and, were these
0: opiates um, well I was on one thing for restless leg I was on a muscle relaxant I had to have the the opiate I had the I had oxycodone and oxycontin I had to take uh promethazine which is an anti-nausea medication Let's see they had me on wellbutrin they had me on lexapro they they it's like it was so much that I literally started Blowing up like a balloon because my kidneys were being overworked with all the medication that they were stuffing in me, mm. so- and my my feet and ankles were huge. And I just I told the doctors I'm done with this, and I went to see Pete.
1: It sounds like you were a bit of a pharmaceutical experiment.
0: Yeah, and when it got to the point where I could tell that it was now, you know, I'm going to end up in kidney failure if I keep letting these people do this to me, I said, no, I'm going natural. And the more I learned about my my foods and GMOs and all the chemicals that are in processed foods and how it can feed cancer, I was, I'm like, no, I'm going to go with my natural medication. I'm going to, you know, God put it on this earth for us, and that's what I want to use.
1: What was the medical profession's response when you said you were going natural?
0: Oh, they weren't real happy, but obviously... I've been very, very well-behaved, you know, and, and when I get adamant about something, they knew not to argue with me. I was like, I'm not going there.
2: <laughs> well, How long after you started on cannabis were you ever to able to get off of all those drugs?
0: I stopped taking them probably within the first week.
2: Wow. And you were able to get off of them and the cannabis was taking care of the issues?
0: Yes. Excellent,
2: yes. excellent.
1: Christine, you said you were only using the can. you were making the cannabis butter. Mm-hmm. Is that all you were doing?
0: That's it. Wow. Well, with the butter that, that I made and the butter that Pete made for me, he had it in the crockpot. He called me up and he said, Christine, it looks like I killed the Hulk. Oh, my gosh. It was so dark green. There was no yellow left. It was all dark green. Hmm. And it it kicked some cannabis butt, I'll tell you. I made uh, capsules sometimes, and I made cookies. And I would make a batch of cookies, and I made it in a great big huge rectangle cookie, and I cut it up into seven days. And then each day, I cut up four pieces a day. And I spread it out throughout the course of the day. And that's all I needed to do, luckily.
1: Did you uh, did you get a bit of a buzz from it?
0: Absolutely, I did. Um, the first no, couple not, of months...
1: There's nothing wrong with that
0: sometimes, is there? No, I mean, if you take an OxyContin, you get... You know, a bit of a, a buzz from it. I mean, and the side effects that you get from that are ridiculous. And with the medical marijuana, I didn't have to worry about the ever so lovely constipation that goes along with opiates. Mm-hmm. And it was like my body just started regulating itself and everything went back to normal. And I, I started losing weight. I felt healthy again.
2: Did you did you get rid of all the uh, fluid buildup? Yes. Mm. Excellent.
0: Yes, that that all went away because it it really was the the pharmaceuticals that was doing that to my kidneys.
1: Yeah, it's interesting when we talk to people about the use of pharmaceuticals and getting off pharmaceuticals and then getting on on cannabis. And uh, Corey, you know you know more about this than I do, but. Many, many people talk about how their body seemed to go back to operating normally, functioning normally, and they feel different. It's, it's what I guess uh, the medical profession would say it creates homeostasis Stasis. in the body. Yeah. It regulates the systems. And I think, Christine, you're a perfect example where you real you knew there was a kidney issue because of all the pharmaceuticals you were on. But once you started taking the cannabis, it, um, I guess, explain it to me was it like a relief for you
0: absolutely absolutely i mean within within the first two three days of being on the cannabis i started weaning off you know i stopped taking the pain pill i stopped taking the promethazine because i wasn't getting nauseous i didn't have to take the medication for the restless leg because the marijuana helped me sleep um, I didn't have to take the Ambien anymore because I could sleep. You know, I just said to myself, why why take all this other crap if I can have the, the medical marijuana is giving me all the results I need? The only thing that I do take still is my anti-inflammatory. I'm on meloxicam. And if I don't take that, I know it. <laughs>
1: Hmm. But if you took uh, a cannabis product that was high in CBD, wouldn't that be beneficial to you as well as the butter that you take and the cookies and the edibles?
0: Mm, well, normally it would be, but again, I'm I'm a weirdo and I have very low blood pressure normally. Hmm. And CBD can lower your blood pressure. So I had to stay with the high THC, low CBD so that I didn't end up getting dizzy and my my blood pressure would start tanking out on me. (laughs) That's why it's so good for people that have heart problems that have high blood pressure. The CBD will help lower and regulate their blood pressure.
1: Yeah, I have low blood pressure, too. It's not great sometimes, is it?
0: It is kind of weird. (laughs) You know, you you get this little disconjointed kind of feeling in your head, and you're a little bit dizzy, and... For a while, I mean I can't even take medication that has time release. I was on one anti-inflammatory for my for my back that it was a 12-hour acting medication and for some reason it didn't agree with me and I was at work and I stood up and I about fell over cuz I got dizzy and come to find out it was affecting my blood pressure.
1: So how is your back now, Christine?
0: Well, that same disc that I had operated on twice has herniated again hmm. the third time. it Luckily, it didn't have that much left in it to herniate, so it's workable, it's bearable compared to what I've dealt with in the past. I am on disability now, and I can't work. I've learned that I just have to, you know, I can do the dishes and sweep the floor, and then I have to stop. And then I can throw in a load of laundry and vacuum the living room, and I have to stop. <laughs> I, I have to do everything in, in little bits and pieces.
1: Do you need another operation?
0: I, yeah. It's, it's a waiting game at this point. It, it's, I think I'll have to go see a neurosurgeon when I can't take it anymore.
1: Boy, you have some, l- let me put it this way, you have some crappy health issues. <laughs>
0: He's so
2: tactful, isn't he?
1: <laughs> oh hey. But I mean I, I just talking to you, I can just feel the pain you're going through.
0: Yes, and my poor husband.
2: <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
0: it's a good <laughs> it's a good thing we got the Lord, because I'll tell you what, he wouldn't be able to put up with me otherwise. <laughs>
1: <laughs> now you moved from uh uh Maine and New Hampshire down to Florida. Is it? Can you get a medical marijuana card in Florida?
0: I can, but it is a matter of money at this point. Okay. Yeah, it's. Um, I've started setting up with them. Um, you have to pay fifty dollars down here to get a phone call appointment with a doctor. And then you have to wait 90 days and I've got to fax him some of my medical proof. After 90 days, I have to pay 200 and then I have a video chat with him and then he can issue me a card.
2: Well, that's quite the process.
0: Yeah. Well, Florida is so spread out. They've, started doing more with, you know, the the Skype and technology because people can't travel two, three, four hours to go see a doctor. Mm -hmm. There's just not enough of them yet.
2: Oh, that was going to be my question. How many doctors are there that are actually doing that in Florida?
0: Well, I think now that it's passed, I think there are more doctors that are going through the process of learning. Uh, They can take a course on you know, what has what's legal and what they have to gather. And now I think it's a matter of finding doctors that are willing to do it.
2: Mm, interesting. I was uh, Skyping just the other day with a uh, doctor from Florida whose wife actually has a brain tumor, and um, um, he's going to be accepting patients now. Um, so we'll see how that goes. Oh. I think Florida's relatively new, isn't it, for, for being... Um, Legal for medical cannabis? Do I have that right?
0: Yes, they just they had some medical cannabis previously, uh, but all they had was um, it was high CBD, CBD. very yeah high CBD, low THC
2: from hemp. I think I think it was from hemp CBD from hemp. Really? Yeah, I'm pretty sure of that. Given the amount of messages Mm -hmm. I got from Florida.
0: The only people that were allowed to have high THC marijuana in Florida at that point were people that were terminal. Do you know which what? I think is it's ridiculous because it's like, okay, we'll we'll only let you have it if you're on death's door. Mm-hmm. I mean that is so ridiculous.
1: Yeah, there's a lot of uh A lot of ridiculous things within the medical profession, but I just want to get back to a couple of issues. You have had uh, two lower back surgeries. Uh, Possibly you may need a third one. You have a double mastectomy, and you know one of the things that we forgot in in the notes you sent us, you had a partial hysterectomy as well.
0: Yes, and that was also because I've had a number of problems and scar tissue in the area, but... They wanted me to go on Famara, and that pill is supposedly going to keep your hormone levels down so that the hormones can't feed the cancer. And I told my doctor that, you know, I've always had problems with this anyway. I, want, I wanted the whole shoot and match gone. But he said that he would be able to do the tubes and ovaries. And they went in and they took all that out. I found out that I had endometriosis also. They got all of that. Luckily, I haven't had any more problems there. But, yeah, I did have another operation for that.
1: You need some good luck in your life. Some good health, <laughs> <laughs> don't you? <laughs> Amen. Amen. I mean, I uh, we've t- we've talked to a lot of people uh, doing this podcast who have had some uh, very serious illnesses, but Corey, I can't recall anyone who's had as many ailments as Christine. Can you?
2: Well, I think you've got the biggest smorgasbord that of people we've talked to so far. <laughs> That's right.
1: <laughs> yeah, Christine, we want you to get better.
0: Thank you. We're uh, we're working on it. I'm I'm. Uh... I've got all my medical records to fax to the doctor here. And we're going to try, going to have the hubby work some overtime, I guess, and try to see if we can't get that card going down here.
1: Yeah. Well, he loves you because he's still with you.
0: Oh, he's a sweetie.
1: (laughs) That's great. Anything you want to say in conclusion, Christine?
0: Oh, just everybody keep fighting. You know, fight for the marijuana and fight the the demons that want to tell you that you got to give up because you don't.
1: Yeah, you're absolutely right. You know, we go through life and we think uh, have we think possessions are the most important thing, but if you don't have good health, uh, everything else is um, it
0: doesn't mean a thing.
1: Doesn't mean a thing. Exactly. Yeah. Well, good health to you, Christine. We hope things uh, turn out and uh, we hope you've turned the corner and uh, you'll be in great health in the years ahead. Thanks very much for your time.
0: Thank you. Thank
2: you so much, Christine.
1: And that's it for another edition of Cannabis Health Radio. If you'd like to tell your story on Cannabis Health Radio, your story about the medical use of cannabis, send us an email at info at And just send us a bit of background on your ailment, your condition, and your use of cannabis and contact, and uh, we'll get back to you. That's cannabisinfo at CannabisHealthRadio.com. Wherever you are in the world, thanks very much for listening.
0: You've been listening to the Cannabis Health Radio podcast. Visit our website. CannabisHealthRadio.com and follow us on Facebook and Twitter. Thanks for listening to today's show.